Welcome to Emotions Incorporated, a podcast that follows the emotional journey of a Disney classic alongside our personal journeys too. In this limited series, we will be diving into how experiences become memories, emotional validation, core memories, and of course, the colorful orbs that truly live inside out. So hold on tight as this train of thought is about to leave the station. feel like you should put like train sounds oh I'm putting train sounds 100 100 <laughs> if I could have like smoke coming up on like a train leaving this on on Spotify for music I would have it 100 oh my god yes <laughs> right so here we are episode three this is so exciting this is yeah. I, this is going to be quite a crux for the rest of our our episodes I think talking about memories is what we're here to talk about today Mm -hmm. yeah I think the structure of this like we're going to kind of get into more conceptual aspects of inside out instead of just the emotions straight away so this is our first experiment with this type of episode structure and I am really excited about it because memories are just so fun they are and I think until you start thinking about them they just they are just passing thoughts but when you actually start diving into the different types of memories and also the the how how many memories we actually have that we don't think about it can be a scary place but also a really fun one too exactly yeah I think I just realized like a lot of my life and like the things that I love to do like I really love to you know write about travels or you know, make little books about, you know, the past year or something. It's like, oh, these are all rooted in memories. Like there's a lot of creativity in memories um, and there's a lot of joy in them. And then there is also like the difficult memories too. So it'll be interesting to kind of like weed through it. And yeah, I think the difficult memories as well, like that's where a lot of the emotions can kind of tie in and like you experience emotions from past in the present. So yeah. we'll get oh, into yeah. all that, but I'm just, I'm just having my little light bulb moment here. No, <laughs> definitely. No, it's, it's interesting that you've just said about difficult memories as well before we kick off as well, because I, that's not something I expect expected to think about going into this in my head it's like when I think of memories I'm like I wish I'd be remembering the good stuff but again to to think about all the emotions we've spoken about in the last five in the last two episodes it's it's not always about the good stuff it's about remembering and living in the bad stuff or or, or the not so good stuff too to really enjoy the good that life brings you as well yeah, I think too, just from our perspective, like Disney kind of markets memories as like something really positive, um, which is a great thing because I love that memories has a positive connotation. Like it's very light and happy sounding, but yeah, there's a lot more depth to it than, you know, celebrate the magic and making memories at the parks. So it's a lot more real. We love those, we love those memories too. But. We, I mean, they're the, they're the best, a little biased, but <laughs> yeah. I also, I think that there's a lot of love to be given to the whole spectrum of memories. So. Exactly that. Well, we might as well start at the beginning and that is with our first memories. Scary thought, because when I think back to like, I mean, I think we'll get into our own personal memories in a little bit, but when I think of five-year-old Bradley, I'm like, who was that? Like, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll get into our own personal uh, first memories shortly. But let's start with Riley. We have this really gorgeous sequence at the start of the movie. Disney and Pixar in particular, I think, know how to open a film. They know how to open a movie. And mm. in this one, we are introduced to each of the five emotions I don't know this is necessarily the first time that that we that Riley's experienced these emotions but it's I think we're supposed to see it as the first time that uh, the first memories of each of these emotions mm-hmm. just break these down because I even have to go back and watch the start of the movie again to to highlight each of these moments the first time we see joy 
is when Riley's born. Um, she comes, she comes to life and she's looking up at her parents and she's happy for a total of 33 seconds because then sadness comes along and Riley's crying her eyes out because being born is traumatic and scary, as I've said in this podcast already. So <laughs> being, a, being a baby <laughs> is traumatic. So um yeah, that the first time we see Joy is is that it's the first memory it's the first thing that Riley sees um but sadness does intercept very quickly and I think what is really interesting straight away there with first memories in general especially with this one too is that it's very rare that one memory one emotion sticks around too long with each memory because then we have Riley running around with her toy wagon um in her living room and or lounge or whatever you want to call it and yeah she's she's buzzing she's so happy she's she's full of joy but then fear comes in and he is terrified that Riley's going to bump into something and she nearly does trip over a wire that is hanging out in in her way and she that could have very easily led to sadness but it doesn't because fear stops her and as much as that does scare her for a moment it allows her to continue being joyful and not turn running around with her toy wagon into a permanent fear we then have discussed introduction with broccoli we all know that Riley does not like broccoli um and then anger in a similar situation where Riley gets threatened by her dad for not eating the broccoli so she will no longer be getting dessert and that makes Riley very angry but quickly turns into joy when Riley's dad comes flying in with an airplane for some more food um Riley does get very happy at that piece of play so they are Riley's first memories in a nutshell there as far as we're aware anyway and I think what interests me most about those is that like I said before not one emotion sticks around for too long because one another emotion is always ready to intercept I think part of that might be because of how frantic the human mind is at that age but it also just proves how our memories can go from one extreme to the other so quickly. Yeah, I think it's interesting when we're babies and humans are, you know, infants and then till probably about seven, I think we are in, I think it's called a theta brain state. So it's more so like we're just absorbing information. It's kind of like the state when you're in like a meditative state or like before you go to bed or like first thing in the morning. So when you're a kid, you're so much more present, I think, than when you're an adult. So your emotions can kind of come in and out and they just kind of flow a little bit more naturally, which I think is a positive and a negative because you're not thinking about it as much. Like you're just being, which is kind of the goal in life. But then when you're an adult, you can kind of be a little bit more deliberate with it and you can be a bit more objective and observe your emotions and kind of, you know, tweak them to be you know, what you prefer to be better or worse or what you yeah. perceive to be better or worse. Um, so I, I think that's really interesting. So yeah, Riley's sequence though, they, you're right. Pixar really does do that well. I, to, to go off what you said there, I think another part of it is that we are so easily influenced by such small things when we're younger. And um, mm-hmm. we're a lot more vulnerable to our surroundings and that, allows us to again think in a in a much more chaotic fashion than how we are as adults we are very set in our ways adults are stubborn we like what we like we think what we think we know what we know it's a lot harder to influence somebody who's had all these inspirations and these other people's thoughts and um yeah so at a younger age I do think that you you can just be influenced a lot easier, which is again probably why we Riley has these these fluctuating emotions so much in her first memories. Yeah, and I think kids really they are more vulnerable in the sense of like whatever happens to them, like they kind of you know react to versus respond. But as you get older, you start collecting memories, and because you have this memory collection aka like your past experiences and your past lessons that's how you show up as an adult because you're basing it off of that past experience and what you learned whether you learned something that was beneficial or you kind of 
learned it in a lens of fear or anger, that's up for interpretation. And that's why I always love now to go back at old, and look at old memories because I can look back at them and be like, wow, I took that really, really hard. But if I really break it down, I could send my old self love, but also know like that didn't have to determine the rest of my life. I can let that go and let that be. And I can move forward from it with the lessons I was able to come up with now at 29 years old versus when I was 15 or whatever. Um, So, and, you know, I don't know if everybody does that. I think that's something that I've learned in like my own personal healing process in the past few years, but I think we all experience the fact that old memories do determine how we approach new situations. It's learning from past experiences, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's that age old thing of, yes, it might be tough this time. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger is another thing. Like, I think that this time may be difficult or this time might have been anxiety inducing, but next time it will be a little bit easier because you have something to associate that emotion or that memory, that memory to just learning. And it's all, it's all a, all an educational experience. Yeah. And like, I like to really reset my expectations too, instead of expecting things to go the way they did the first time, if it wasn't favorable, like letting that be in the past and expecting better for the future, whether or not it happens is up to that circumstance, but you know, that's my joy and my optimism coming out. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's great. It's great. our own first memories Bradley because like Riley we were once little babies too um and I mean I don't really personally have a beautifully crafted Pixar sequence for myself but maybe I do in some dimension of my brain I'd love to have a visual oh or would I, I actually I say, I say it and then I think actually would I like that would that be very triggering for me? I think it would be cool I mean yeah. honestly with like the adorable 90s home videos that my parents took of us like I could totally make one I don't know if it would be the actual experience though of my first first memories but yeah do you ever experience that where you're not sure if it's an actual memory or if you just know it because you saw a video yeah yeah and I think a lot of it is just I mean my parents also very like video camera heavy they they which is probably why I like Blogging. because we're all in social media now <laughs> exactly exactly so I'm because like well that. actually I did that. my parents did this way before Instagram was a thing so you know. my dad my dad narrated our family home videos like a vlogger way before vloggers were a thing no They're way so funny he is so good at that <laughs> that's amazing no but you're so you're so right that I do think sometimes I like I if that video wasn't there I would have no idea that that was a thing I, I think that and I mean, it's a whole part of the conversation that happens in Inside Out as well, that Riley's memories do get erased. I'm, again, when we're not psychologists, we don't like know why, though, unless you unless you have some extra education that I do, Jess, but I don't know why those, what, what picks and chooses our memories yeah. to be erased, but sometimes they do. And that's why it's really nice to have those aids, like, like videos and um podcasts whatever to help us trigger those memories and remember those things yeah yeah I do find that really interesting I um I I have this vision I don't know if this is true by any means but I have this vision like when I pass on someday like I will get a full download of everything (laughs) that ever happened and I think that would be really cool like I have there's just so much of my childhood I don't remember but I feel it there you know So if that theory of like all time is happening at once is true, that would be cool. But anyways, that's a whole like, yeah, that's deep deep conversation. (laughs) I love that stuff. But anyways, so I am going to try and think of my first memories. I really, when I just think of that and you tell me, think of your first memories. I think of my first little house that we had. Um, We lived not too far from where I live now and it was just it was our little starter home it was very cute 
we had our like few little bedrooms are downstairs and one of the memories I remember is running back and forth in the living room with my dad listening to this Jimmy Buffett song that I would have to look up the name of because I don't even remember it but I would just run from one side and run back to the other and run to the other side and run back to the other with my dad and I thought that was just it was so fun like you know when you're a kid and you just experience something and you're like this is so fun I want to do it over and over and over again yeah it was like one of those things um I think that's why as an adult, I always want to watch the same comfort movies or like TV shows because I'm like, it just gives me that hit in my brain of like, this is so fun. But like other little things I remember just, I mean, I just spent like all every moment of my time with my mom, like it was the best. And like, that's obviously I'm still very, very close with my parents. So I like have that connection. And I just remember like playing outside in the backyard, we would do crafts, we would know play games and we had a neighbor's dog Jim and Shirley were our neighbors and they had a golden retriever named Tori and that was my first experience with a dog that I remember um and obviously I have Penny now my golden retriever but Tori was everything to me as a child I was obsessed with this dog she was obsessed with us too like us kids and like we had this we lived out kind of more in the country area so we had these huge backyards and we just run around and play and it was just it was blissful like that's what I remember is it was a very simple like outdoorsy kind of life yeah simple inside simple outside a lot of nature a lot of green grass and just like we would go swimming in a pool like a lot of water like a lot of natural elements Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is cool. And we get excited, you know, about the snow and the rain and the leaves in the autumn and the sun in the summer. So yeah, when I think of my childhood, I really think about my family, like my parents and my brother, like my surroundings, like my house, my neighbor, the dog, and just, you know, elements of the earth and like being so in awe of those things like flowers too. My family owns a greenhouse. So like we were always surrounded by flowers and all the colors and the vibrancy. So I think, yeah, it really comes down to the simple roots of that. Like, those are my first memories that I really have. And I feel really like the first time I watched back my home videos when I wasn't like of conscious age, Yeah, I was like, I feel like the luckiest kid in the world because it wasn't anything crazy extravagant. It was just wholesome yeah, and full hearted. And that is all I could ever have wanted for a childhood. Like if I... I feel like in some way, like I would have handpicked that for myself and I would just feel really, really thankful about that. With, so. with those things, there's so much joy in everything you just said and yeah. not even just to talk about joy herself in, in Riley's mind, but were there other, as much as all of those things were amazing, do, mm-hmm. you, feel, do you feel like there were other influences of other emotions inside those first memories for you as well? You know what? There definitely were. And when you look back on it, I don't focus on that. I think we talked about this in the first episode, how you can look back and totally forget about the other emotions and you just focus on joy, which I totally just did unconsciously there. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, there definitely were super interesting, like moments of each emotion were there. Like I remember we had to put my cat down when I was, I think, four years old that my mom had way before us. I think, I think it was Muffy, our little cat. She was, <laughs> and it's so sad. And it's four years old. You're like devastated about this cat. And at that point, we're at my Nana's, which is my other core childhood memory. So I remember like the exact place we were when they took her. And it's so sad. Um, and then I think like anger just when nothing specific but you know when you're a kid and you have a brother and you just like kind of fight with each other yeah like that's where I think of anger and I'm like it's so funny because as adults my brother and I are so chill and like besties basically so it's funny but like that's your first experience with anger and I think it's over little stuff like I wanted that food or I like why are you taking my toy like such little things but they're learning experiences and, and it's, it's funny that those things like it's that it's that age-old thing of 
you won't remember the bad things. And I think right. it's, it's really important to live in those in in those emotions and those things there and then, because otherwise, like we said in previous episodes, you wouldn't be able to feel that high and that joy. But right. but you need to you need to feel those things to really appreciate the good out of all of the the good stuff in the end. So it is, exactly. I, I think it's such a good example of everything we've spoken about so far that you've just like, I, and I was, but then there was this sad time and you didn't, which is so great because it's, it just proves that you haven't, that no matter how bad a situation can be, you will find the good in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the lens that I've always had um, as a person. And we all have different lenses. Like my lens is joy. And I think a lot of people's lenses are joy, but other people may have a different perspective of what they look for. And maybe even just finding like a baseline of contentment or just like yeah. things were good, like things were satisfactory. Um, because, you know, if you don't feel safe having joy, like you may not look for joy, you know, until you really like can feel safe in whatever emotion you want to experience, you may not look for it but yeah it's just like a perfect example um yeah there's just there's so many little ones like in two I'm just thinking of fear like going to preschool for the first time and leaving my mom I was like are you kidding me I was yeah. like you're gonna <laughs> leave me here after all I this time together it. and now this is what's happening now like, it's like a, that was the first breakup wasn't it like that was that was that if you ever want to experience a bad breakup it's your mom leaving you at preschool and, for it's, the first time. and it's devastating because you know as an adult I'm like she was devastated too she probably like couldn't she probably just either went to the store down the street or waited like in the parking lot because yeah. I mean my mom my mom she's met she was meant to be a mother like this is her vocation in her life and we have a very very strong connection and like, I know her leaving me at preschool was like a really, it was sad. It was sad for me. Cause like, too, like you feel so safe at home. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, my normal safety blanket of my surroundings is not here. And I think it's so funny. Cause I think it even translates into like modern day life. Like when I had to go to college orientation, I was like, oh, I do not want to go to this at all. Like it was anxiety inducing or like training for a new job. It's anxiety inducing. And it, I can like see the parallels of your first memory with that first type of experience, like going to preschool and just yeah. having to fend for yourself and works out fine. Of course, you know, you make a little friend, you do a little craft and you go right home. But at that age, like it was so scary. You didn't know how long you were going to be there for. You have no concept of time. I get scared now if I have to go on like a work trip and I'm like, oh, I know. I'm like, I don't know anyone. Like, if I don't have a friend, I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> yes. But if I have one friend, I can make more friends and I can make more friends by myself. Like I can do that. No problem. But like, I don't prefer to, like, I just, I like to have an anchor with me. Absolutely. But, you know, maybe that's a coping mechanism anyway, but yeah. So, oh, that, that was fun to reflect on. So I want to hear about your first memories too. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that I was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a great childhood too. I loved my childhood. My parents brought me up very, very well. And I was very lucky to experience everything I did and to, um, to like, to do everything I did but when it comes to first memories I I I literally was saying to myself think back to the first thing or the first couple of things that you that the pinpoints that you remember and one of them was great I'll start with that one of them was great I remember my fifth birthday party and it's funny we said about videos earlier because I don't know if I would remember this if it wasn't for this one videotape that has just I've just watched way too many times in my life but it's just I just look so happy that I'm, I've my parents got a bouncy castle or a bounce house that you'd call it in in the states and um in our garden and my dad did like a barbecue and I had my entire class there and Aww. like in the video I'm there with my like little party hat on and I like blow out the candles and everyone's singing me happy birthday and when I think of the friendships that I've made throughout my throughout the different stages of my life um and I'll get onto friendships a little bit more later but when I think about how I've made friends I really do cherish every single friendship that I have which brings me so much joy but also does bring a lot of 
a lot of anxiety on as well because I I get stressed that I've not spoken to someone in too long or that someone's going to be a hard time which I think we've probably all been there with that with friends giving hard times on us because we haven't spoken to them in a certain amount of time or we haven't caught up with them or asked how they're doing so as much as that was a really happy memory at the time and when I watch that back it's so nice to see myself as a first memory surrounded by so many people that reflects on how many circles of friends that I'm lucky to have now it also is almost a a foreshadowing of how it's hard to manage those friendships. I don't speak to anybody in that video from my from that friend group when I was five mm-hmm. years old, or maybe one or two people that I catch up with very infrequently. But yeah, I think it's a really nice reflection on how as joyful as my friendship circles have been throughout the years, even to now, there is a lot of fear in that as well, losing friends and saying the wrong thing that could upset someone, not keeping on, on top of friendships too. So again, that reflection, I think, really is quite therapeutic in the sense of it's full of joy, but also down the line, I think we all go through that, those those angry stages or fearful stages um, or sad stages with friends as well. You fall out with friends and all that stuff too. I'm Um, envisioning a little, one of the orbs that's yellow and then getting dotted with, you know, the blue sadness spreading or purple fear spreading. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like what we were talking about again in the first episode, how you can have that joyful memory, but then you have that nostalgia come in and it turns a little bit somber or melancholy or, you know, anxiety, like a little preemptive, like foreshadowing moment. It's interesting. And I think that inside out paired that in a, or like personified that in a way where I get that now like memories are not just one thing it can't be it can't be at all like if I if I was to if if that if every friendship ever was perfect you have you'd have a thousand friends like the amount of people you (laughs) (laughs) and that's just one example talking about friendships but it's it's it would be impossible just to have a completely joyful outlook on even our most fondest um joyful memories growing up so again yeah I think that's a really again like you said seeing the the purple the fear or the sadness starting to take over that's not a negative it's just the way of life at the end of the day and it's the way our brains have to work to survive yeah it's that polarity again like being able to shine where things are you know really joyful or you know quote unquote positive yeah um and when there's the contrast like how you can improve it or appreciate what it taught you exactly and the the other first memory <laughs> less joyful <laughs> that I remember this is good um, we need examples of not just joy exactly exactly I um like I said um in the last episode I was not a fan of school for various reasons this came before bullying or anything I just didn't want to be away from my parents I didn't want to I didn't want to sit down in the classroom with people I didn't want to I, I was just, I was quite a naughty kid. So um, I, I said, I, I mean, I was a naughty kid until about seven years old. And I was like, okay, reel this in. This isn't worth it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember, again, I was probably maybe five or six years old. So I'm going back and there's no video of this one. So this one is raw in my brain. This is a memory, um, a real yeah, memory. Real memory. And I was outside the school gate. Um, my mum had said okay like go in now and there was a little pathway that went down so it was like a first gate and a little pathway and a second gate where the school reception was like to to for like I don't know meetings whatever and then you go through and there was the playground that and then all the classrooms so I was I I like thrown a bit of a hissy fit I was like I don't want to go into school I don't want to go into school and I was like you're going to go into school you're going to be a good boy like go in so I've like started walking in and my mum started talking to her friends at the school gate and I've turned around and seen that she's not paying attention. So I've ran back out of the pathway towards my mum. She's seen what's happening and she's been like, looked at me with like, I, I don't know what was going on in her head with her emotions at that point, but I'm sure she wasn't happy. I'm envisioning and- the headquarters now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like code red code red and I've I've just I've gone into like panic mode I think and I don't know what emotional associates with but I've pushed her on the ground and oh, she, no. she literally fell to the ground all the mums were like screaming and I just legged it I've ran like 
down the street and oh, no. I'd forgotten that my dad was there and he, he's seen me he's seen everything happening and he's pulled me into the car and I think I got the biggest telling off I've ever got in my whole life but to break down break down the memories there there was the fear of yeah. going into school it was mm-hmm. there were insecurities there was also being a spoiled brat that I didn't want to go into school so I wasn't doing it because I said I didn't want to do it and a lot like then to go on from that I think there was probably a lot of frustration and anger because I didn't get what I want I did like mm-hmm. my dad pulled me into the car um I did end up going into school so I ended up having to be I was really sad about that I was probably yeah. disgusted at my parents for the fact that they that they didn't listen to what I wanted and I went home got a telling off and in the end at the end of the day I remember at the end of that that same day I was I was angry and sad mostly when I got home my parents were very cross with me but the other day I remember crying and my parents hugging me and saying it's going to be okay and similar to the way that Riley is at the end of Inside Out I that I really resonated with that from that moment because as much as it's a very chaotic first memory it really proves how especially as a as a child with your first memories your emotions are all over the place and and no matter how bad something can be at the end of the day you can feel comforted just by someone hugging you and telling you it's going to be okay and just because you acted that way in the moment doesn't mean that it's not rectifiable and that everything will be okay in the end yeah I think at the end of the day we just want like humans desire love like that is one of our core needs and I think kids need the space to express those big emotions because they're like they're so big in such a little body and like you don't have the experience or the lens of how to manage those yet and like you're not a bad person because you had emotions you just had like a not so shining moment but like that doesn't define who you are and I think that we need to hear that as adults too. I know I do. Like if I have a bit of, you know, if I have a little outburst for myself, like I take it really hard. Like I'm, but we had this conversation last week. Like I can be hard on myself about things, like whether it's emotions or just like needing to get stuff done or whatever, but like to give myself the compassion and grace that like, Hey, it's okay. Like you're still completely whole and worthy and lovable and all those great things as you are right now in this moment regardless of all that stuff like at your core you are okay and that's I think you know what you needed in that moment that's what Riley needed in her moment like we all just kind of need that space and that love and sometimes we have to give it to ourselves. but thankfully in your instance and Riley's instance like those parents were there um both of your parents were there to give that to you and yeah sometimes as an adult you kind of have to like go back and give your child self that love too because if you didn't have it in that instance it's like god I I need to go get back and give myself a hug (laughs) now because that was it was hard it's hard as a kid it's hard as an adult emotions are not there's no real guidebook on it you know it's all experience and no matter no matter how much you try to analyze what joy fear sadness anger disgust should be no no two persons emotions are going to act or be defined in the same way right and there's no like cure to it you know what I mean like you can't just analyze your way out of it like you have to feel your way out of it yeah in a way like give your I think giving yourself the love and and, you know receiving love is the real way to do it yeah so ah love our love our little child love our little selves so cute (laughs) you know it's just it's so like every experience and every story we told though is such a like it may have seemed like a huge deal at the moment but it's such a typical human experience and we all have them it's a full circle everything's a full circle moment everything comes Mm -hmm. around at the end of the day whether you can see it in the moment or not it will come it will come around yeah absolutely Okay, so 
We went through first memories. So now I think we should go into core memories. And I think as a Disney fan community, core memories is something we all really took away from Inside Out because it's not only like a cute um, aspect to the movie, but it's so relatable to us in our own lives. Like we all have memories that lock in the different parts of us, like in our different personality islands. The core memories really drive like our motivations and our loves and our likes and dislikes and like who we are. Um, So I think it's really cool the way that Inside Out symbolized that for us and showed us the concept of core memories through Riley. Definitely. Uh, Along with core memories, you have these memory islands that Riley has at the start of the film and a huge part of the movie are those islands slowly breaking down as Riley enters this some state some sort of state of depression um, that ends up overtaking her and that is the breakdown of all of those key parts of her that she loses sight and touch of. Joy summarizes the memory islands perfectly by saying that each core memory powers a different aspect of Riley's personality. And as she's saying that, the five core memories that Riley has at the start of the movie branch out to these different memory islands. So each memory island is kind of inspired by a core memory that she has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you envision in headquarters that little circular device that raises up and the core memories are there and they shine a little brighter they're a little bit more permanent it's like having like a lock on a photo on your camera like you can't delete it like that's the one that's gonna stick um those are I love this idea in my I love the idea of I remember watching the movie for the first time and thinking I love that there are some core because there are core parts of me I know there Mm -hmm. are that make up my personality and I mean Spoiler alert! I I say to people, Disney isn't isn't a I don't want Disney to define a part of my personality, but it does. And I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm shameless. Like I shamelessly will say it now. I've come to realize that I, especially Disney parks in particular, are just such a huge part of who I am and what I love and where I feel safe and at home. Um, but to just to highlight Riley's core memories, at least at the start of the movie, um, and at the start of Riley's journey. They are Goofball Island, Friendship Island, Hockey Island, Honesty Island, and Family Island. And we do see these break down as the film, as the movie and Riley's journey goes on. But by the end of the movie, Riley does end up rectifying some of these islands, merging some other islands from experiences that she's learned, which sort of demonstrates to us that I think our memory islands are constantly re-enhancing themselves. They're constantly building upon each other they're never just going to remain as one thing but I think it would be quite fun for us Jess to dive into what our five memory islands are and maybe dive into a couple of them as well yeah I think so too I've actually had this conversation before like before this podcast and I think it's just the coolest concept because like you just said I think I was thinking like okay if I had memory islands in high school versus now what would be different? I'm like, oh yeah, I would have some different islands there versus what I would have today. So I think as of today, I think my islands would be travel island, of course, Mm -hmm. um, creativity island, a, oh, this is hard. Disney island, of course. I, agree I would I have the same feeling about Disney that you just explained (laughs) I would say like food and experiences island and then a relationship island Um, and I think relationship island would actually be divided up into a few set of friends or a family section a friend section and then my romantic relationship section um so yeah I think that out of all of those, I think they're all very, very even in importance. I think that, you know, my relationship island with sub islands, um, I think that my 
romantic relationship island is probably the most rapidly growing one because that is you know when you have a partnership with someone that is when you're really like focusing and like you're tending to the soil you're pulling out the weeds you're doing the whole process to you know I'm envisioning this island like creating space and planting new flowers and growing new flowers and trees and like as time goes on you know you go on your first date and then you you know get to know each other more and then you are official and then you say I love you and then you like travel the world together you know whatever <laughs> that was kind of our process but you know and like <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> you know whatever so um yeah and like I'm thinking about like all the space for the new things like the new places we're gonna go the new big steps we're gonna take in our lives together xyz so I think that's really cool um and then you know friends and family are pretty sturdy at this point and I think the friendship island is a little bit more transient than the family island. Like family's pretty sturdy and has been sturdy since I was a child. Yeah. Um, but the friendship island, it ebbs and flows, but there's always that like glow and that love there for every friend. And like you said, you you can't stay in touch with everyone all of the time. Um, it's just, it's like physically impossible, but like I know that I have so much love for so many people that have crossed my paths. And I know some of them are just for a season. I know some of them are going to be for a lifetime, but I think that Island is so important to me um, in that aspect. Um, I think creativity Island is super important to me too, because that encapsulates like my creative expression and leaning into like, I feel like my gifts are in creativity, like whether it be writing or podcasting or doing something with photo and video. Like I used to do scrapbooks all the time when I was a kid and that lit me up so much. And I still, as you know, as an adult, like that's a core memory for me. Um, like I'm just, I have this core memory. I'm envisioning it now of my mom and I sitting at our old dining room table and like, placing down you know photos from our Disney trip to tie things in but um like that was a moment where things really clicked for me like wow creativity is so important to me and like this expression is just it lights me up I lose track of time and I'm also so passionate about like what I'm being creative with I'm so passionate about the memories that I made and the photos that I took and the place that I went and it made me want to learn more about Disney and like it expanded that whole island so um you know they inspire kind of, each other don't they they really do and I think that's I think that's an interesting connection that I just made now it's like there's this overlap but if you think about Riley's island like her hockey island was really paired with her family islands like the memories she had with her dad and her mom skating and then her hockey team and stuff like they were always there together so I think that these things, I think when they are so important to you and they complement each other so well, that is how they take the standing of being a personality island for you. Um, yeah, those are just a few of my islands. Like, you know, I could go into all of them, but I mean, travel food and Disney are pretty self-explanatory. Like those are just things that I love and they drive me and they fuel me in this life. And but those are the spaces where, you know, I used to probably have a musical theater island in high school when I was really into that. And I still love that. But now it's more so of an enjoyment thing. Um, so stuff like that. I just I think it's a cool concept. I love this. I'm like trying to envision my own little islands coming out. Yeah, they it, would look like so. such. I, I think kids should have to do this at school because I should, yeah a, I love that idea <laughs> such a great way of learning about yourself like really yeah. again it's not not necessarily about labeling what five things define you I don't think that's what it is it's about saying okay if you have to think about your personality in in a few different segments what would you what would you say are the most favorable parts and I think that's a really nice way of again shamelessly just owning who you are and what you stand for and care for at the end of the day it's like a self-love exercise yeah. too I love it I, if really I ever have kids I'm making my kids do this yeah for sure 100 <laughs> percent the oh reason I was smiling so much when you were saying all of that is because we have way too much in common that I didn't realize <laughs> well this is this is why we get along so well exactly we've all what have we only met in person one time and we're like let's do all the, all the projects honestly and we didn't even like uh, 
just for context of everybody listening, like we didn't even realize the time I had, I had to go to work and we like, we looked at the time and it was like, oh my God, I've got like 45 minutes to get to work. <laughs> like we should go. We could um, t- we, Bradley and I could talk all day. So we, we thought could. we would just record our conversation. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but to go over like that, thank you for going through those. Jets. Yeah. I, I can't I wait like, to hear yours. I think it's quite a personal exercise, but I do think it's also, it's really nice to, to hear what, what each other are thinking and like the insights of our minds but also again I think it's that hopefully that light bulb moment for people listening that I hope whoever is listening can start to think of what their islands are it it, it might have been a passing thought when you were watching Inside Out but to actually think okay no I'm going to sit down and you might do the Myers-Briggs test but no let's do the Inside Out test let's let's find out what our memory islands are we need like a quiz or something yeah exactly um so my my five islands I had a I wrote Disney Parks Island but I do think I have to say Disney in general because as much as parks are where again I feel safe I feel at home without Disney in general and without the movies and and the storytelling in general the parks wouldn't be what they are so Disney Island creativity islands also up there um again um I went for pop culture island I'm I'm a huge fan of pop culture I love um I I mean I love pop music I love music in general I love um keeping in the know with film industry news and with some celebrity gossip again shamelessly I do love that kind of thing too as long as it's not in like humiliating to anybody and everybody's safe in the process um I went for a specifically uh, specifically went for a friendship island which I'll get into um and I also went for a food island as well so we have a lot in common Jess Um, yeah I love it yeah but the um a couple of things that I'll get into I think the first one that I'll say is food island I love my food Um, (laughs) I I just went like Probably, probably sometimes too much. I'm like, I'll be thinking about dinner while I'm eating breakfast. So um, (laughs) there's been, there's been so many highs and lows with my journey with food, which is why I think it does, does create such a core, um, a a core memory and a core part of my mind and therefore a memory island. I, I love trying new food. I, I have a, uh, my family, uh, are from Malta so I've got Maltese heritage um, if nobody knows what Malta is because that probably will be the case for a lot of listeners it is a small island in between um, the bottom of uh, Italy so where Sicily is and um, just above North Africa as well there's a lot of Italian so North cool. influences. yeah it's honestly if you're listening go to Malta I, wanna go. I you know I never knew Malta existed until we traveled this past year and it just it looks amazing and now you're saying you're from come you to me for all of the all of the recommendations Jess I can be oh your my gosh how exciting again I am biased but I I I'm a huge fan of Malta I believe so you. So yeah <laughs> um but yeah one of the like one of the key things I grew up with was um Maltese food my nan probably three or four times a week would cook me every single dish I could think of and it was not the healthiest of foods but it was great and I didn't care um and yeah so when it comes to heritage food was a huge part of that just general socializing and enjoyment good food has always been such a huge part of that as well then I've also had a negative relationship with food as well I have I there was one point in my life where I was obsessed with getting on scales and weighing myself and um I thankfully have never got to a point where I had um I've had any medical conditions or um illnesses with regards to uh, eating disorders but I have definitely had some mental imbalances with the way that I deal with food emotionally um but I've also managed thankfully to recover from those feelings I'm not saying that'll be the last time that I've dealt with problems and and um emotional issues with food but for now I feel like I've been on a journey with that so food in general I think has definitely had highs and lows when it comes to that memory island for me I'm so glad you mentioned that too because I literally had the thought to go into that and then I forgot to mention it completely and I think I had about the same type of relationship like there's this passionate love of food like it is not only 
you know, something that you need to do, but it's something that can be a complete celebration and it can be an indulgence in culture and it can be, you know, something that brings so much context to any environment and situation. It's so fun, but there is the complicated aspect of it. And I definitely, I struggled with it mentally too. And sometimes I still do. And like health-wise, it can cause a lot of issues. Like when I had my chronic stomach issues and I couldn't figure out what to eat, that wouldn't hurt me. And it is a complicated relationship. So I almost envision the island kind of having dark and light spots to it. It's like it has the biggest party and the cultural immersion and like all this this beautiful stuff. But there is a corner there that's a little bit shadowy that, you know, it's trying to come out into the sunlight. Like the saddest salad bar ever that I would think it's okay to eat every day, but it wasn't because food should be enjoyable, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So... I'm, yeah ultimately all that to say thank you for talking about that one because no, I think I think it's such an important island I think it's a great one the core parts of our mind have highs and lows yeah. no no part of our mind will always be a complete po- complete positive mm-hmm. um and another one uh similar to what you said about creativity really I've been on such a journey with creativity I wanted to be an actor growing up and then I applied oh, for drama you could have done that like for sure I can well see that. tell the drama schools that Jess because they didn't <laughs> think so I would cast you <laughs> thank you thank you anyone listening I'd still I'd still give it a good go um but yeah I I wanted to be an actor and then didn't get into drama school pooped up all of this anger and frustration inside of me and gave up um but that led that that didn't mean my creativity went away it just meant that that chapter for me was like I said temporarily closed still still up for trying anything um but that I also I that opened up so many other doors for me I've been involved with producing for independent films I've done some script writing um I'm now working in a job where I get to plan things for a living and that that I mean I love planning and also doing that in the entertainment industry in a creative way is everything as well so I yeah I think that creativity again has been such a journey but it's been such a huge part of every other part of my life. No matter what, creativity has always flown into it in some way. Now, for example, we like we I remember us sitting sitting at brunch and you saying, if you ever want to do anything creative, let's do it. And here we are now. So it's a I've always been such a such a lover of just taking those opportunities and saying, you know what, let's actually do it. And I think my creativity yeah. has been the 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 full force the front the front facing force of all of those things to say no don't sit back and just say oh that could have been good take the creativity and run with it so creativity has been a huge part of my life I don't know what the island would look like it'd probably be very chaotic and full of lots of, yeah lots of colors exactly um but it has been a huge part of my journey so when it comes to my core memories and my memory island um creativity is definitely at the forefront um and I mean like I said before Disney parks pop culture friendship um I see all of my relationships um I love how you segmented them actually and if I'd thought of that I might have said it as well um but I did give myself a talking and was like relationships friendships um family there's so much within them like I think our relationships with other people are so complex yeah and they all have this they all have a different feel to them too like my I don't know, like the feeling I have with family is so different than the feeling I have with friends and, you know, X, Y, Z, but yeah, they, they like, they make you who you are at the same time. And again, that's why it's so important to surround yourself with friends who really lift you up and encourage you and support you and vice versa, because they, it is a core memory. It is a core Island. I think it's really important to highlight as well that they can they can change over time and I don't think it's necessarily about them being rewritten I think that the memory islands that we would have had 10 years ago are still integrated in there somewhere they've just been re-enhanced and they've just become something that matches our personalities better now I mean like you said about musical theatre being something like a uh, maybe a memory island at one point for you it definitely was for me 100% if I was doing this podcast even three or four years ago I think I would have said the same thing mm-hmm. but as time's gone on creativity has sort of become the umbrella for all of those other things as well and 
theatre is in there somewhere too. It's not something I've completely just erased from my mind, but there's other things that are taking a bit of a priority at the moment, which is why this umbrella of creativity has started to form all these, form this, this overarching part of all these other elements in my brain. So I think it's about um, re-enhancement rather than re rewriting is what I'm trying to say. I agree. I think that, well, I mean, if you think of the concept, like energy cannot be created or destroyed. So all of these islands, let's call them, like they exist somewhere within you, you know? Um, and like, again, they can be changed and evolved and more applicable to the present. But I think it's really interesting too, when people hit, you hear this kind of typical story a lot, but people sometimes they will hit a point in their lives where they're like, oh, I just, I'm not doing what I love to do. Like, I feel like everything in my life is meaningless. Like I need to like reconnect with myself. And I think one of the exercises that is often recommended at that point is to go back and think about what you loved to do as a child. So it's like brushing off those islands of like, what, what were your personality islands? Like when you were five and 10 and like, high school age like was there anything that you love to do but you shut off the island because you thought like societally like that wouldn't benefit you or like give you financial stability or keep you safe in the long run and I think it's really interesting I've heard so many stories of people reconnecting with like their artistic side from when they were younger when they're older and then they have this booming business of doing you know commissioned art for xyz or they go back to school for you know maybe they were really into like computer coding on myspace and then they don't do it for a long time then they go back and then they're like oh my god i like actually am great at this so i feel like that's really cool to that would be a good exercise if anybody's having that kind of instance right now where they're like oh, i don't really know what to do it's like think of what your islands would have been like way back when and think of what they are now and see if there's anything in there that you can uncover because there might be something there that could be a spark to lead you forward on your path that's the thing that that spark is in there somewhere I don't it's it's always going to exist it's just a matter of if you choose to light it or not exactly yeah wow I feel I feel honestly I feel alive (laughs) I'm so glad. I know. I I love these conversations. It's great. So we've spoken about first memories. We've spoken about core memories. And finally, we're going to touch on long-term memory. One of the uh, quotes that sadness says in inside out is she says to joy you can get lost in there and boy can you get lost in your long-term memory there are definitely things that i think you do easily forget like riley loses some of her phone numbers the she the the little memory busters i forgot what they're called they um they allow her to forget fourth grade piano And they say that when Riley doesn't care about a memory, it will fade. And once it's gone to the dump, it can never be recovered. Um, And as much as we were just saying that certain things that spark can't fully be gone, I do think there are some things that are genuinely gone, but there are some things that definitely aren't. And I don't know about you, Jess, but my long-term memory is too good I it stresses me out I have I I, my short-term memory is not great like I will forget what I'm what I did five minutes ago but when it comes to like triggers and stuff like old friends that I might have had like feuds with at school or like bad nights out I had a time in Nashville that we won't get into in this podcast no Uh, (laughs) not Nashville yeah Um, but I yeah I have this really interesting relationship with my long-term memory um I think Riley does as well where it's just a little bit convoluted it's like not necessarily things that I would want to remember but sometimes they just pop up and I hope that as much as I don't realize this in the moment that somewhere deep within the brain they are triggering good stuff as well as making me think in the moment oh my god I shouldn't be thinking that or oh that wasn't a great time in my life but they are triggering again that learning from your learning from past experiences you know yeah I always call it like memory unlocked because we will 
that you know, having a good podcast name just saying but oh shoot you're <laughs> right anyway I do love emotions incorporated yeah. too memory unlocked oh that would have been good <laughs> anyways but yeah I'll call it memory unlocked because we'll talk about something you know where this happens a lot is like 90s early 2000s toys like I just saw this TikTok the other day there's this girl I follow who does like all the early 2000s like you know trendy things yeah and she did a skit and it was about like those doorbells you could put on the outside of your door and it was like do not come in unless you ring the doorbell like I had one of those little dinky doorbells and I thought it was so cool and it's so funny I'm like I had no recollection of that that I even had one of those but I realized I did and it's funny when people share things like that on the internet, it jogs my long-term memory so much. It's like a book getting dusted out from like the crevices of a library. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I forgot about these things. Or like little snack foods that got discontinued from back in the day or like flavors they used to have like these, um, there were like these strawberry, like cream saver things that they used to make. They're like hard candies. They don't exist anymore, but if I... Like I'll see a meme of them on Facebook or something. Not that I ever, I don't know why I said Facebook. I never go on, but I guess that's where you see old stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about these. So yeah, I think that's always, it's an interesting moment because it like flashes back and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that was such a thing. And now it's just not. And you will, you will remember like the most random things like Riley keeps remembering the triple that gum commercial. It's like triple that gum. But, and I definitely have those. Like, we've oh, got I have them. jingled. I have a jingle of uh, injury attorneys from Buffalo, <laughs> Salino and Barnes, if anyone knows it. 854-2020. Like I know their <laughs> phone number from years ago. They aren't even in business together anymore, <laughs> but I've got it in there, which is so funny. Yeah, I've, there's there's so many little little things like that that just that just crop up in your brain, and then they'll be in your brain all day, and then you can't remember what you're doing at work, and you're like, hang on, why am I not remembering what I did this morning? But I'm remembering this commercial that I haven't had for 15 years. Yeah. But again, you, I think there's not much. I I haven't got much explanation for the long term memories, but like I said before, I think as much as sometimes they can trigger negative thoughts or negative emotions I do think as well sometimes they can be that little that little glimmer like you were saying before sometimes it can be something that you've not thought about for ages and ages that can end up being a huge influence or inspiration in your life later on so I think if we think of long-term memory like that it's a huge catalog of things that we don't think about for a very long time but when we do it can benefit us if we want it to For sure. Like, honestly, too, like you just said about full circle moments earlier, like it may be something from your long term memory that's so stuffed in there that may come to the forefront. It might like inspire you to create something or pivot something and or it might just like make you smile and be like a happy memory, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's interesting. I just think of it as like a gigantic library of endless shelves of books there's just so much there again like I said earlier like I really hope someday like my brain capacity is just like when I die and I'm not in here yeah. anymore but like my brain you, capacity. I think I'd have a mental breakdown if it happened now well and that's the thing is like what do they say it's like you only use a small percentage of your actual brain's capacity so yeah. it's like if we are like you know if we are like you know these emotions they're kind of like a spiritual like aspect you know like if our souls are like that, like, would it be possible to just remember everything someday or like be able to look at it all? Like, I just, I don't know. There's just so much. It's like an abundance of memories and knowledge that's just, it's all in there. It is. But then like, like you said, short-term memory, can't even remember. Like if I go on a tour at like a church in Europe or something, I don't remember any of the freaking facts. And I'm like, why can't I remember this really like intellectual stuff but I can remember Salino and Barnes commercial (laughs) like I don't understand I guess I guess the hope is that short term becomes long term and the right stuff will stick yeah yeah I love when they say this was my favorite they're like send it to long term I'm like that's so funny like that was clever yeah exactly (sighs) who knows what is actually being sent to long term but hopefully some useful stuff in there 
right? I just, it's so funny to think about like at the end of the day, when you're going to sleep, if this was really happening in your brain, they're like picking apart things from your day and shooting it off to your long-term memory. It's somewhere in our brains. The brain is amazing. If you think about it, it's not that big and it holds so much stuff. It's wild. wild. I'm having like an out-of-body experience thinking about that. (laughs) We've been talking about this for too long, obviously. (laughs) I love it. I just, it makes me, it makes me appreciate life yeah. you know it is cool to be able to experience not only like the, all these memories but all these emotions and everything inside and outside of you like yeah. it's cool it is cool it is. to be human it is so well there we have it there we have it another wow. part of mine down <laughs> we're getting deep on this podcast we are. And i like we've it still, we've still got six episodes to go so thank god yeah <laughs> Um, but I think that's everything for today. Um, we dived into all of the memories. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have wild dreams when I go to sleep tonight about all of those things we've just spoken about, all merged into one. <laughs> right? Oh my god! I was thinking that I'm like, oh, dreams is a whole nother thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> So yes, in the next episode, we will be talking all about our imaginations, what it does, what our imagination lands consist of, and whether or not we have our own personal bing bongs. RIP bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> I should go with the spoiler. We should go with a spoiler warning, really, shouldn't we, with this? I mean, if if you're listening to, like, a podcast that is inspired by Inside Out, I mean... I hope you've seen it. If you haven't, that's your homework, so... Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. The character that makes me cry in this movie. Oh, so much. So much every time. Uh, Uh, But yes, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. Just a quick plug to say you can follow me at Mr. Bradley Coker on Instagram um, for all my creativity island stuff and uh, you can also go and listen to my other podcast confessions of a disney cast member on spotify apple music or wherever you get your podcasts and jess you've got some things going on too absolutely you can check out all my creativity islands i have instagram at jessica fay 508 my travel blog the road just traveled with one l.com and that has a lot of Disney stuff on it right now for anyone else who has a Disney island. If you're interested in hearing about adventures by Disney, um, I have a trip report going on about that right now. And then lastly, you could also listen to my other podcast called Rediscover that I co-host with my friend Kristen. And that's all about living authentically and imaginatively and rediscovering more about you. So that's that. Thank you guys for listening today. That was a great episode. And I think it's going to be banked into my long-term memory. That's for sure. 100%. That is definitely going to (laughs) (laughs) long-term. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you soon. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.